0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlip. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So that was a good day. I mean, I you know, playoffs are interesting. You can try to learn stuff and glean some information. But let's face it, this entire weekend was 100% about making sure the Bears lost. That was it. And um, couldn't be much happier. The NFC North is kind of a joke. Um, the Vikings were pretty good last year. Don't know what happened this year. Bears seemed like they were a pretty good team. I don't know, man. I mean, good defense, yep. But um it's hard to call a team a good team when your offense is that bad. It is. I mean, I guess you can call them a good team. I mean, the Packers were a good team with terrible defenses, so I guess we'll give them some kind of credit. But um Yeah, three teams missed the playoffs. One team got in, got eliminated right away. Simply couldn't score points. And I want to give the Eagles credit for their defensive efforts. But we got to remember, this isn't the 2017 Eagles here. This is a different team. They were 12th in points and 23rd in yards this year. Football Outsiders had them as the 15th best defense in the NFL. 15th, that's dead average. Bears couldn't even get to 20 points. They, they just, it was pretty pathetic. Trubisky's no good. Their kicker's no good. I mean, the, the team overall is just, and we, we've talked about it, man. The, the, there's a very good chance that this defense starts to regress, even if they rain, maintain Vic Fangio, which I'm starting to think they might. I'm kind of stunned by the lack of interest that I've heard from, from, uh, and maybe it'll heat up now, now that the Bears are eliminated, maybe it's going to be lots and lots of interviews. We'll see. I mean, they didn't have a bye week for for teams to kind of reach out, you know, like the Patriots did, and uh, you know the Saints and other teams like that who had a bye week. Some of their coordinators and whatnot were getting interviewed. Maybe the Vic Fangio train will start rolling a little bit. I sure hope so, because I need that thing to fall apart. But even if it doesn't, as we talked about, or as I talked about, and you heard me say, it's pretty unsustainable. A lot of people play in the best years of their entire career, and then you get a bad beat in the playoffs, and that's pretty tough, man. I mean, for a lot of teams you kind of ride high and you buy into something i mean look what happened to the rams once you get that one little it's like a balloon man once once there's a tiny little hole it's over it doesn't take much just instantly deflates and you realize you're you're human you 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 know, when the rubber meets the road, you get into the playoffs when it really matters. You know, are you really that big and bad? You know, monsters in the midway, all this stuff. And you get beat up by the Eagles in the wild card, man. The Eagles were the worst teams, one of the worst teams in the playoffs. They stomped you out. That's all there is to it. Couldn't stop a single third down. I mean, I'm sure they stopped one or two, but I mean, that was insane. It was like third and long every single series. It it, it seemed like it always went to third and long and it always got converted. They couldn't get the pressure there when, when they needed it. They couldn't cover. Guy was almost always wide open. Foles was driving me nuts because it doesn't look like he has any, any zip on him. I mean, he's, he's stone cold in the pocket, man. He wasn't really, really worried about pressure. But that ball came out so slow. It was like, oh, no, this thing's going to get picked off. And there's a guy just standing there by himself. That hurts a team, and that hurts an ego, even though it wasn't really the defense's fault. I mean, you, you really got to do some soul-searching after this. With all the scheme, with everything Matt Nagy's done for this team, it's not good enough, man. You need players. At some point, you've got to have players. Because you get up against a good defense that's got enough speed and doesn't play these little ticky-tack games, and you try to use, use your creativity to get to the outside, and they can run out there fast enough to get there. And they got big boys up front like the Eagles have, Cox and Bennett and those guys. You can try to play games, but at some point, you've got to play smash-mouth football. The defense is willing to play. Offense isn't. They're trying to get cute. What happens when you pull your bag of tricks out and the defense just isn't having it? At some point, you just got to man up and play big boy football, and I don't think the Bears offense can do it. Not now. I and mean, Trubisky can occasionally make some really amazing throws, but that comes with you know, two or three really just boneheaded ones. So anyways, they got to figure it out. Anything could happen. I mean, who knows? They could have top five offense next year. NFL's crazy that way. But it just doesn't feel that way to me. You know, I mean, th- this was this was kind of it, right? This was the moment. This was when, you know, Matt Nagy comes in and he brings in this really new kind of system. He implements all this new kind of stuff. And you, you, you get one year. Usually it goes one of two ways. A new guy comes in, he implements some stuff, and it goes terribly wrong and because it, it takes some time for the team to kind of come around. Or it works. And you start catching people by surprise, and it's like, whoa, look at this team that can only last so long. We we see that all the time. You get a new offensive coordinator and they just start blowing people out of the water because they start doing crazy stuff and you got unscouted looks and they're trying new plays that people haven't seen and they're trying to figure out how to do different stuff and you you've got a new bag of tricks and you know every game you got this new wrinkle. At some point you run out of wrinkles. At some point everybody knows your playbook. They know the tricks and they've seen how to stop it. They've seen other you know, we've we've got 16 weeks of teams playing the Bears. This is how they play. These are the couple little wrinkles that they like to throw. These are the things we really have to be on guard for. You know, when they line up like this, we got to watch for this. You know, this is what they usually do, but you got to be careful. You know, when this guy's on the field, watch for this. If he goes in motion, we got to have this guy ready. And you've seen other teams and how they've defended it. And you kind of get this stuff figured out. And again, at some point, it just compresses down to, are you a good football team or not? That's what the playoffs are for. At, when, when you get to the playoffs, the mask comes off. The cute stuff goes away. Good football teams need to play good football. Bears defense can play good football the Bears offense cannot. And the defense almost, you know, almost dragged them right through that game. If that that kick was just a hair inside and it, you know, I saw something that said maybe it got tipped. I didn't really see the the ball change very much but it did look like the guy's hand kind of, you know, his fingers kind of got bent back a little bit. So it does look like it maybe grazed somebody's hand, whatever. Point is looking at next year and this is something that I want to start doing um kind of you know analyzing the packers but also analyzing the NFC North and just saying where do we stand where does everybody else stand what should we expect from the bears what should we expect from the vikings and the lions and the packers next year but anyways with that said i do have a little bit of news and you know how i am with decisions sometimes i say things and then tomorrow i come back and I'm like nah never mind however i have made a decision that is not something i'm super happy about but I don't really see any other way around it. As the season rolls on, the draft is becoming more and more and more important. With that, the Green Bay Packers' news and information becomes less and less and less and less. And really the only thing that's keeping me doing a 365 day a year podcast is pride, because I can, and I know that I have the ability to come up with content and information and deep dive into different things and look at this and check this out. But I also have a commitment to an NFL Draft website and an NFL Draft YouTube channel that is entirely neglected at this point, because I only have a couple hours in the morning and too much pride to allow myself to stop doing a daily podcast. With that, I don't really have a schedule set up, but I do need to dedicate some of my time in the morning to the draft. So at this point, I'm kind of thinking maybe alternating one day podcast, one day YouTube channel. Obviously, if there's big Packers news, maybe I'll just do it. You know, it's just going to be whatever is what it's going to be. That that's all there is to it. Because there's no point in making definitive commitments. I hate to even say that; makes me a little bit angry. But I I, I have to. It's either that or I walk away from the YouTube channel. And to be completely blunt, the YouTube channel is just more. I mean, I get more views than I get listens here. I get more interest over there than I get here get more money over there than i get here i mean i <laughs> i put up one video and i made more on that one video than i make in a month on this podcast and i got like i don't know 130 subscribers additional you know i i could get that channel up to whatever I, it doesn't matter point is there's a lot more room to grow and i've done this podcast faithfully for a long time i don't think i've gained a single listener in the entire time it's been a flat line and I appreciate it. There's a big audience, and it's not really about that. I, I would do this if I didn't have any other commitments. I could care less. Fine. We'll, we'll Same audience, same everything. Happy to do it. Love doing it. But there's just a pile of potential sitting there just untouched because I have too much pride to walk away from this. So anyways, not that you needed all the details, but it's kind of a big situation for me, so I felt the need to elaborate. That is my current plan. Maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and just say, nope, we're doing the podcast. I can't do it. But expect there to not be a podcast tomorrow. Uh, I need to get some stuff done. Over the weekend, I got some, um, some mock drafts done for two and a half teams. I don't know why it took me that long, but that's all I have. But I want to start cranking some videos out for that. Beyond that, there's something else that I would like to try to do. A little bit of a change. I've got all these different things. And now that we're in the offseason, there's less news. And I want to start doing more deep dives. And what I thought is I would start taking, I'd have to clean it up because it's entirely just for my use and it's not very pretty, but to start actually taking these Excel spreadsheets with all the information that I have on it and start trying to make it look a little nicer and then what I want to do is put that all on Patreon. I need to go in and clean up Patreon anyways because I have all these ridiculous tiers that don't mean anything anymore, but what I would like to do is just set a level, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but if you, you know, if you buy into it, you get to see all the stuff. So it'll sort of break down, for example, you know, the, the postseason stuff that I looked at. You know, what is uh, football outsiders, and I'll change it from regular stats to football outsiders, but the, the offensive production, defensive production, and quarterback ranking for the teams. Maybe doing some more stuff with salary cap, where teams are at with salary cap now that I've got that. Just, just I don't know, whenever I can, as much as I can, try to put together some really comprehensive uh, charts and, and sheets together and uh, put that all up on Patreon for the people that subscribe there. That's that's sort of, this is sort of my off-season plan. So, a little bit of a change, just something to think about. I figure rather than spending several hours putting together these sheets just so I can do 30 minutes of content on a podcast, why not just show people, except not for free? <laughs> hey, the podcast is free, all right? Lighten up. So that's it for new uh, interesting revelations and whatnot. But speaking of Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. There's also a link to a one-time, not a description, one-time donation in the description if you'd like to do that. Packernet.com for all your news, notes, and information. Packernet Podcast Facebook group if you want to get in there. NFLbigboard.com is my draft website. It's got a list of almost 400 prospects. I got them ranked using, I don't know, 28-ish big boards from around the web. Giving you the most comprehensive, accurate big board. You can find anywhere. By the way, little tidbit I forgot to announce: we officially have a kicker on the board. Pretty excited about that. My unofficial board, which has you know almost eleven hundred total prospects, I've got probably eight or nine kickers. But I have a rule that you have to have so many different people that um, that have you on their boards so that you know you don't have like one random big board has some nobody that's their fourth best prospect. And then when you average it out, it's like, well, who is this guy? So a lot of the kickers don't make it because a lot of guys that do big boards don't do special teams, but whatever. We got one, and I'm excited about it. So go check that out. Otherwise, the YouTube channel I'm referencing is uh, Pack Daddy NFL. If you want to go check that out. Hopefully by tomorrow, there'll be some videos if everything goes to plan. But um, let's talk about a little bit of news here. First of all, uh, Bruce Arians, it sounds like we'll be going to Tampa Bay. I know some people have been kind of concerned about that. Because basically the guy's been open to jobs, but has explicitly said, there's no way I'm working for the Green Bay Packers. And a lot of people are like, whoa, what's going on here? Why doesn't he want to work here? I can't say I know definitively, but I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, not wanting to work with Aaron Rodgers, not thinking it's a good job, any of that stuff. I talked about how there's different circumstances for why people do what they do with players and coaches and whatever. What up? A dance A it. With Arians, I don't know if you saw the uh, hard knocks with, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and whatnot, but extremely family-oriented, right? He he was very much, you know, family comes before football and all this kind of stuff, and he liked to go out and drive around in his boat with his family and all that kind of stuff. Well, he ended up leaving the NFL, gets to spend time with his family, all that, Well, the NFL's just screaming for him to come back. If you look at what the Arizona Cardinals were and then what happened after he left, I think the NFL kind of woke up to, wow, this guy's good. I mean, we all knew because he turned this franchise around in a hurry as it is. Right? They were really bad. He comes in and it's like, holy cow, what happened to this team? He leaves. They go right back into the dumpster pile. So it's like this guy has the magic touch. But still, you have to remember, this guy's very family-centric, family-focused, and he is more concern, less concerned about, I mean, again, he, he's basically retired, and he's saying, I'm, I'm content. I have all the money I need. I have everything I need. I don't need football. However, I miss it, I like being a coach, money's good, but if I'm going to do it, it needs to be a good fit. And um, I think for him, if you look at Tampa Bay being his number one job, Tampa Bay would be one of the worst jobs to have. Why would he go there? Why? Because it's Tampa Bay, Florida, dude. (laughs) It's a beautiful place, especially for a family. I mean, seriously, if if I was a football player and if I didn't have any allegiances to a team and I could get picked to go anywhere, I'd want to go to Tampa. You know why? Because i if, if there's anywhere in the world, and granted I haven't been to a lot of places, but if, if I could just pick a place to be, I love Clearwater, Florida, man. You ever been over there? The west coast of Florida? The beaches? It's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. I was just out there last year. I had to go to training for work. It was uh, south of Tampa. Went out to the beach. It's It's unbelievable. White sandy beaches, man. Tampa's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Clearwater. Beautiful, sunny, tropical weather. It's like Arizona, but not as horrible, right? A little more humid, a lot less scorpions, better oceans. Better oceans. What does that even mean? It's just, it's a, it's a good place to go retire. He can work. He can bring his family out there. It's a compromise with the family. We get to do all the great stuff. I really think that's what it's about. And that's why he's saying no, because he doesn't want to move to Green Bay, Wisconsin. He doesn't want to move. Again, he's comfortable. He's fine not being a coach. He's not going to drag his family, which, by the way, I'm sure, you know, there's certain circumstances. He's got older kids or whatever. If, if he can coax them to come to Florida, fine. But how many of them are going to follow him out to Wisconsin? I mean, I like it here and all, but, dude, it's January. If I was in Florida and didn't have to come back, I'm not coming back. Unless somebody's sick and in the hospital... No thank you. I'll see you in spring. Don't call me till like May. I don't, don't 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 give me this. It's March and it's it was pretty nice yesterday. It was like in the in the 50s. No, cuz I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get there it's going to snow. I'm not falling for that. I'm staying in Florida on the beach trying to dodge sharks until May. Maybe June, I don't know. I'm not coming up here. it's just, you know, it's not like he's a party guy wanting to go into the city or anything. He's not wanting to go clubbing in Miami. It's a family thing, and it's a beautiful family place to be, right? Bring the grandkids down to Disney World, go out fishing in the ocean, take a boat trip down to the Keys. I don't know, man. I, Man, I want to go now. I'm, I'm, See, this is why I shouldn't be a coach, because I'd be like, listen, if you're going to pay me to go live somewhere awesome, yeah, I mean, Super Bowls would be cool and all, but you mean I could be like a millionaire down in Clearwater, Florida? Like I could have a house there on the beach, and that's my life? Yeah, I want that. You know this team isn't going to a Super Bowl, right? It's like, I, pfft, I don't care. <laughs> now, there is the caveat that he did say he would coach the Browns. And I guess you could say the Cleveland isn't much better than Green Bay. I've been to Cleveland. It's not horrible, even though it's kind of horrible. And it's uh, also pretty cold, and there's no ocean there. But whatever. Just just take my explanation. Don't take it too hard. The guy can do whatever he wants. He doesn't care. He's taking a cush job out in Florida. A little bit more uh, bright and shiny news, although my brain is entirely in Florida right now. So it's pretty bright and shiny in my basement. Uh, news came out, Antonio, Bre- Antonio Brown likely to be traded prior to March because apparently part of that money that he's owed is uh, coming, what was it, March 15th? He gets like a little bit of a bonus somewhere in there. He's got a bunch of bonuses laid out and they they get dished out at certain points and apparently one of them is about two and a half million dollars coming in March. So basically in like two months, Antonio Brown is probably going to be on another team. I've already talked about it. I don't want to go too much more in depth. I haven't changed my mind. Yes, I'm nervous about his attitude issues. Yes, I'm nervous about all that stuff. I don't really care, man. We missed the playoffs. We're gonna have a new head coach. I've already explained how important it is that things get off on the right foot. I know things could go south. We have the money. It's not gonna break us. We still have him and the draft picks. I mean it, it would it would it would almost eliminate the need to even draft a wide receiver. Even though we probably could. It's it's right now at this point it's like we kinda of gotta go early. If we get Antonio Brown and Devontae Adams, plus we have you know, we could keep Geronimo if we wanted to. Or we could just go absolutely insane and draft Hollywood Brown, and then we have Hollywood Brown in the slot with Devontae and A.B. on the outside, and just go back to old-school 2011 Packers and just be like, Chiefs got nothing on this, man. <laughs> Either way, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm, I'm still good with giving up our second first-round pick. Go for it, Saints. Go ahead and win the Super Bowl. I want it to be as late as possible, so I feel even less guilty. I know the the Oakland Raiders there's a chance they could be, you know, offering up something but I just don't necessarily see it. They wanted a first round pick from Dallas more than they wanted Amari Cooper. I just don't see why especially a guy like Gruden who wants like his team like this is my people. Do you really want to go get a guy that's got a bad attitude and is going to come in that's like, you know, already kind of over the hill pushing 30ish, maybe he's already 30, I don't know, he's in that range. You gotta pay him money. You don't want to pay. P- you didn't want to pay Amari money, who was younger. I just I don't see it. Like if you've got Amari and you get rid of him, and then you get back. Brown, I know Brown's better, but again, you want to build a team. You want younger guy. I I don't know. They're the biggest competition, but it just would be very weird for him to go and do that. You want the draft capital, and then it's like, oh, I don't want it anymore because I want an old guy. That's not gonna help us with this team that I'm building that's going to take a couple years to build, because he'll be gone by that point, except he's going to help us win more games, which is just, not that anything he does makes sense, but I don't see the Raiders doing that. I just don't, unless it's just purely an ego thing, where any success has to be his success. Amari Cooper wasn't my pick, he's gone. Antonio Brown was my doing, he's here. That would be a purely ego move, and that's just ridiculous. And that would really make me mad because they would take the Raiders first over our first because Dallas's you know pick or whatever is going to be a higher pick than our pick from the Saints. Probably. I guess I don't know that. Wouldn't that be an interesting twist? The, the Raiders picked the wrong horse at every at every venue. They went with the Bears instead of the Packers because they assumed we would have uh, worse picks. We don't. They sent their uh, thing out to Dallas. Dallas ends up like winning the Super Bowl or something. But it's interesting. I mean, it, and it's... It's going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be the most fun off ever. I can't necessarily speak for the after draft dead season, but with free agents, oh man, I'm getting, I'm getting like goosebumps just thinking about it. We got Antonio Brown who's out there. You've got other guys. I mean, it, it, somebody I talked about yesterday. I don't remember who it was. I don't know another wide receiver that is, you know, somebody that could be cut. I mean, you know, teams got to make financial decisions. You know, they're they're good, but do I really want them on my team? So there's there's already a good crop of free agents and then you're gonna have other people that are getting traded because it's like you know I just I don't need them I don't want them on my books you know kind of doing what the Oakland Raiders did but it's just he's overpriced man who was that I think it was like 10 million bucks and I was saying it's about the same as it's gonna drive me nuts now but there's gonna be a lot of action and uh, I know the Packers are gonna be active in that could still deal our first round pick we got a, a coach coming up and then that coach is going to be bringing in coordinators. are we going to have a new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, offensive line coach everybody it's going to be a ton of turnover. we got to look into all these people, understand what scheme they're bringing in learn about them hear them speak and and then find out you know what is Aaron Rodgers saying there's gonna be some I'm sure he's gonna say some offhand comment that's going to be negative. We're gonna be like, oh man it's going horrible already and all this stuff. And Goot's going to be going out getting free agents. And we got the draft coming up. And, oh, it's going to be a good series of months we got coming on here. And uh, the Bears are out of the playoffs. So pretty awesome. But, yeah, I, I'm uh, still on the A-B train. I know some people aren't. Don't really care. I'm 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 in all-in mode. I'm in that mode. There's a limit. I was I was hesitant about Khalil Mack. I'm still not sure how, even if it was re-offered today, how I would feel about it. That $25 million price tag and two first round draft picks really, really stings. But AB? Pfft, it's not even that much money, man. We can still play in free agency. We still got a first round pick. That's nothing. But, anyways, uh, last little bit of news. Uh, CBS talked about uh, Mr. McDaniels. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. Josh McDaniels, the Patriots offensive coordinator. Kind of an. Here's the headline Patriots prepare for Josh McDaniels to leave. No, this isn't even what I thought the headline was. Where's that other headline? (laughs) There's one that said, um, preparing for him to leave for the Colts or Packers job. This one says, unless he doesn't again. I don't know. The point that I wanted to kind of, well, let's put it this way. It is very interesting, and it does still kind of seem like Patriots and McDaniels are the most obvious thing Not obvious in terms of it's the best fit, but just obvious in terms of it just kind of seems like that's what seems to be happening here. Essentially, the point that was being made in the article is that the Patriots are preparing for him to leave, and that's it. However, the assumption is made that it's for the Packers or the Browns because the Packers are pretty much the only team that he's interviewed with, and the Browns seem to have a lot of interest in McDaniels, and McDaniels also has expressed interest in the Browns. So they kind of just tied those two things together into a misleading title, even though I can't even find the title anymore. Maybe they changed it. I don't know. So the nothing part of it is, first of all, it's misleading because all of that they're saying is that the Patriots are planning for him to leave, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Of course they are. Why wouldn't they be? He wants to be a head coach. Um, maybe, if anything, what this means is that New England isn't going to be offering him a lot to stay again. But maybe they are. Maybe the plan is we're going to try to retain him, but what if you can't? I mean, it's just it's just basic due diligence in my mind. Right? I mean, just it's just putting feelers out. Like, we need to have some conversations at some point about who our next offensive coordinator is going to be. Should we look from within? Should we look from without? Should we look from without with people that have experience with us? You know, reach back out to our old tree, see if some of these guys that are getting fired want to come back. I mean, you, you, you should be having those conversations regardless of what's going on with McDaniels. It doesn't mean that the Patriots know he's accepted an offer. So I just don't want to get too crazy down that road. However... Again, it could imply that the Patriots don't expect him to be back, maybe. And it also, if you look at the article, and this is all speculative, pretty much everything is speculative, but let me just read one little snippet here. The thinking at this point is that McDaniels will only interview with teams he'd be willing to coach, which seems to make sense. He's been turning people down. Thus, if he's offered the Green Bay job, the thinking is he would take it. So there's a question about the Browns, but let's continue reading because it's a little bit weird. I didn't realize this was the case. What he'd do about the Browns' job is less clear. McDaniels hasn't had a chance to accept or reject an offer to interview with the Browns because the Browns have yet to request permission to interview him. I didn't know that. I thought that that was kind of a done deal. Apparently not. But it seems that there's mutual interest. I've heard that certain people in the Browns organization maybe not the decision makers but certain people are very very interested in McDaniels and McDaniels is very very interested in the Browns but at this point it it almost just feels like if the Packers just say here's what we want you and here's what we'll offer you it's kind of a done deal you know it's at the very least it comes down to Browns or Packers seemingly so i i don't know i've i've expressed my hesitation you know i've i've expressed both ends of it why it would be potentially a really good thing but also why it could be a really bad thing. You know, it it doesn't seem like a lot of... I think my biggest hesitation outside of, you know, him and and Rodgers potentially butting heads is the fact that this Patriots offensive system doesn't seem to work very well when it's tried to be implemented in other places. In other words, we're going to completely... Like, when when McCarthy said he completely ripped up the old playbook and built it from the ground up, no. It's the same playbook, they just kind of reworked it right? Same, I mean, I'm sure there was similar plays or the same plays, same exact terminology, same philosophy. It's still West Coast. I mean, this is entirely, entirely different. Different terminology, different philosophy about what we're trying to do here. I mean, it's, it's even a different communication system, which, and I, listen, I don't know, maybe this is how it always works. Maybe this is what the Packers did as well, but I was interested to find out the level of communication with the patriots and it could actually have a lot to do with why they're so successful and again maybe every team in the nfl does this but it sounds like mcdaniel's was in communication with the people up in the booth offensive and defensive people to understand the the alignment of the defense to get the input of for example the defensive coordinator who's reading the defense downstairs and is tracking the defense to say okay this is what you know we've been monitoring them this is what we think they're doing talk down to the offensive coordinator who is McDaniels McDaniels says okay this is what the defense is doing so this is what we're going to do so it's a much more intricate thing as opposed to here's the down and distance here's the play we're going to run it's 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 you know chess instead of checkers so that kind of stuff if that's what's being brought over that's awesome but again it's just that, I don't know man I'm worried about trying to teach an old dog new tricks with Rodgers I, I feel like wrinkles are cool like a whole Matt Nagy thing where it's basically the same stuff but it's just a couple extra little wrinkles in there to kind of keep certain teams on their toes maybe just de-emphasizing the deep passing a little bit focusing on you know just just moving the football kind of like what west coast is supposed to be it's you know controlling the ball with the pass instead of the run with little slant routes and things this just seems like a little much for me but you know whatever it could be could be absolutely awesome Again, bring the Patriots over here with the, the the players we have. Just bring that discipline and that that intelligence and that you know efficiency over here with the talent we have, which I believe at least offensively is more than what the Patriots have. Could be pretty crazy, but you know, again, it, we're not going to know. We're not going to know for a pretty long time. To be completely honest, we might not even know after the conclusion of next year whether this was a good hire or not. Let me just throw that out there. As I've gone through and looked at several coaches, you see where. You know, when somebody gets hired, things are not great in the first year, but then they get a little better next year and a little better next year, and then after three, four years or whatever, things suddenly start working. Problem is we can't do that in Green Bay. This is this is a win-now situation, which is part of my hesitancy with uh, McDaniels because it's, again, we don't have that much time to be like, okay, this is a, a two-, three-year building process. Just we can't do that, man. It's It's win-now. But maybe you bring over McDaniels and a offensive coordinator that's more of a West Coast thing. I don't know if, I mean, McDaniels wants more responsibility, not less. So saying you're the head coach, in other words, you orchestrate sort of that communication system, the discipline, the philosophy overall, but we bring in a more West Coast offensive coordinator and it's going to be his scheme. I don't know, just thinking out loud, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm waiting for, and, and ultimately it's up to the Packers. They get to decide what they want to do. If McDaniels wants to just completely cut himself off from everybody but the Packers, that doesn't mean we're going to hire him. It's up to the Packers to find the guy that they want and make an offer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the the thing that has me kind of flipping out a little bit is, again, it seems like if they say, hey, we're interested, then it's kind of a done deal. And yeah, the Browns haven't even really offered anything or haven't requested an interview. Patriots seem to be moving on. So McDaniels is just kind of like standing outside of Lambeau Field, like, what do you guys think, huh? Y'all ready to do a deal? All they gotta do is shake. I know, until he backs up. He's got nowhere to go. So, I don't know. Anyways, I, uh... There are some things I wanted to get into, but it's somewhat of a deeper dive, and I would rather spend more time. So, I think I'm going to further disappoint you and leave it at a half-hour episode today. And then, um... We'll see what happens from there. I don't know. This is uncharted territory. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've, I've been getting up at like three every day for... <laughs> I don't even know. When was that? August? I gotta go back and look. Oh, I think it was I think it was episode 100 because I had cut it off and then I came back and did episode 100 and it was nothing special. And this is episode 289 or 88. So 188 straight podcasts. Man, this is... I'm getting depressed now. I don't know if I can stop. <laughs> 188 in a row. Come on. Whatever. We'll see what happens. You folks enjoy this fine, fine Monday. I will talk to you. Oof. Oof. I'll talk to you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
0: How many times must we take this disgrace? Another Bears fan throwing insults in our face. The Packers are the greatest team to ever play. And from time to time they've been a little lame How could you ever love a team with Jim McMahon Not even Porky Pig was as big a him They got a reputation that's mostly based on luck The Bears still suck 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 suck. They really, 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 really suck suck If you drive to soldier field, they make you pay a toll. For Cripe's sake, they only won one lousy super bowl. They make fun of Wisconsin, but we don't get upset. Where do you think that they're all headed every chance they get? We don't really hold a grudge, cause this is all in fun. As far as football rivalries, we're both number one. Still, we wouldn't mind seeing Ditka run over by a truck, cause the Bears still suck. 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 suck. Now